This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, everybody, today we're going to have a fun, fun show, I think, I believe. And, um, of course, it always is for me because I love cars. Welcome to the show all across America and around the nation. First of all, I want to talk about one of my, uh, my I guess, my new sponsors and, and friends at the Collector Car Network. Since 2007, by the way, the Collector Car Network is the world's most comprehensive collection of resources for buyers, sellers, and enthusiasts of classics and modern collectible vehicles. They're also a four-time winner of the Inc. 500 list for fastest-growing companies, which is a great, you know, that's a great fact of information because in this world of uncertainty, we know that collector cars are going up in value. So they're really, they're great investments. I think they are great investments. I've done really well with my cars over the years, and I regret selling some of them because they've gone up so far. I look back and I go, oh my gosh, if I still had that, you know, I, I mean, a perfect example is, I sold a 79 Chevy half-ton short bed pickup truck, a Silverado, so it was fully loaded, and it was an odd one. It was a half-ton with a big block 454 under the hood from the factory. Very rare to have a big, giant engine in a half-ton short bed truck. I ended up selling it for like $12,000, I think. Beautiful truck, new engine, transmission, wheels and tires, paint job. I had gone through this thing, lots of new chrome. Today, that same truck would probably bring $50,000, okay? So, yeah, I thought I was really doing good at 12 because that's what I had in it, you know? But uh, if you want to sell something, part of the Collector Car Network, they have ClassicCars.com, where you can just post your car for sale. Or they have the new AutoHunter.com. And AutoHunter.com is only like 10, 11 months old. They just started this. And they have already over 400,000 monthly visitors and 165,000 engaged subscribers They've already sold over a thousand cars to date in just a very short time. But the nice thing is every listing, no seller commission, the seller keeps 100% of the sale. Not so with most auctions, just so you know. Autohunter.com, driven by classiccars.com. So you can either put it up for auction, which I have done. I've put my car up for auction. It's on there right now, so I'm going to be talking about it throughout the show. I can't help it because it's I'm excited about it. But uh, ClassicCars.com, I sold my last car on ClassicCars.com. A lot of people are like, where should I sell my car? There's a jillion places you can sell your car. I mean, if you think about it, if you want to do an auction, there's multiple auction sites. If you want to post it for sale, there's everything from Facebook Marketplace to, you know, uh, well, classiccars.com but you know auto trader there's just a bajillion places you can put them but what i like to do is i like to put them where i think my audience is you know what they say even about uh doing radio for me you got to know who your audience is know who you're talking to same thing when you put your car for sale if you just take a shotgun uh, you know approach and shoot it out into the air and see what you get that's fine but if you want to narrow it down and pinpoint, have a laser precise focus on what you're selling, then you put it where 
the audience is. And in this case, classic cars, classiccars.com. Same with Auto Hunter. One is an auction site. The other one is just like a classified, put your car for sale. I had a uh, 2016 Dodge Viper ACR, American Club Racer. It was a total, you know, racer boy car. I had a big wing on the back and all that. And I loved the car. I had it three and a half years. I paid 130000 bucks for it. It was like, you know, it was my middle-aged crazy car in uh, 2016. I was 56 years old at the time. And I thought, I'm buying this car. Well, you know what? Not the most comfortable car for a fat guy like myself to be getting in and out of all the time. But I, I decided, you know what? Okay, I've had it three and a half years. I didn't put very many miles on it because, you know, it's, it's just such an animalistic car. So I thought, you know, my friend Roger, who uh, is the founder of ClassicCars.com, he says to me, uh, put it on the site. You'd be surprised what happens. Man, was I surprised what happened. I put it on the site. I put 136000 bucks on it. Literally, uh, what I found out was that these things, like every, every one of these collectible cars, these future classic cars, some of them are, you know, they're classic out of the box, like that Viper, like my Dodge Demon, like my Mustang that is on sale right now at, at autohunter.com. But I put it on there for $136,000. I had a couple of calls on it. Listen, there's only one car. That means there's only one buyer. So I got one call, and the guy says, I'd like to come see it. He flew all the way across the country from Florida, and I took him for uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride. And what do you think? He says, okay, I'll take it. He says, you know, I, I think he tried to grind on me a little bit. Will you take it? now?" Nah. I said, that's my price. That's my price. He said, all right, I'll take it. I sold it for more than I paid for it three and a half years later. When does that happen? It does happen. We're going to be right back, and I'll tell you the story of my next car. It's a Shelby GT500 um, Signature Edition, serial number eight. Lightning strikes twice. We'll be right back. This one is a Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. And, uh, you know, I love what I do. I have the funnest job in the world. I also do a radio show for Entrepreneur Magazine called Entrepreneur Weekly. And uh, you can find it at entrepreneur.com. And it's the same kind of show because, to me, it's the story that matters. And people's story, and people's story about their success is, is it's, it's like, it's so interesting how people have gone through hell and back. And I always say, when you're going through hell, keep going because you'll eventually hit that success at some point in your life, hopefully. Now, so, so I have, I've been very successful in, in many ways. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a car guy. I'm also 61 years old at this point. So, I mean, I think at this point I probably should have learned a few things about life and I have, and I try and share those on, on both my radio shows. But I want to tell you the story about this uh, car, my 2020 Shelby Mustang GT500 SE package. 
Carroll Shelby Signature Edition car. So Shelby puts out this press release in early 2020 saying they're going to do a limited edition Signature edition car that has um, Carroll Shelby's signature embroidered into the seats and some little badging and make the car 800 horsepower and lower it and do all these cool things to the car. And I thought, well, I got serial number eight through Ford Motor Company because I had that Dodge Demon that was serial number eight. And they said, how come you don't buy one of our cars? Ford said. I'm sponsored by Dodge and I, I got a good deal on the car. They, they said, you want a low serial number? I'm like, yes, 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 I'll take it. So Ford comes to me and says, why don't you buy one of our cars? I go, well, give me serial number eight and I'll buy it. So what happens? A friend of mine actually ends up getting serial number eight. And he is a uh, he's an interesting character. His great, great grandfather was friends with Henry Ford. Yes, the original Henry Ford. So he gets serial number eight kind of as a joke on me because I had my Dodge Demon serial number eight. Well, what happened was COVID hit. COVID hit and a lot of people's investments went down the tubes. Well, my friend calls me and he goes, hey, listen, he goes, you know, I'm really embarrassed. He goes, but I don't think I can buy this car, man. My investments are down and I just, I can't afford to, you know, take any chances right now. He goes, can you help me out? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. So that's how I got this Shelby GT500 serial number eight. And then Gary Patterson, who's a friend of mine at Shelby, he's the president of Shelby. I called him when they had that press release saying that they were going to do the signature edition car. I said, can I get Carol Shelby uh, registry CSM number eight? Do you have that available? And they're like, yeah, I think we do. So guess what? I have a double single digit serial number car. Very, very rare. And I've got it up for sale on Auto Hunter right now. It's up for auction. I would love for you guys to see it, see what Alan Taylor has. People are like, what do you drive? Well, here's the one car. The one car that I've put one mile on. Half a mile over to the park where we took photos. And you'll see the photos if you go to autohunter.com. And a half a mile back home. And I didn't. My friend says to me, yeah, you burned out all the way. No, I did. And I drove it nice. I did do one donut over at, uh, at Shelby's place when I first picked it up. But the car has 41 miles on it. It's a 2020 special edition serial number eight, chassis number eight from Ford Motor Company and serial number CSM number from Carroll Shelby Manufacturing number eight. I don't know that this has ever happened before. I asked Gary Patterson, I said, have you ever seen this before? He says, I'm not aware that this has ever happened. Only on the 50th anniversary did they do a matching serial number for the 50th anniversary cars with their special edition 50th anniversary edition. But other than that, this is it. So guess what? Here's your chance. If you know somebody that's been wanting to get a GT500, this is literally a brand new car. And all I can say is, it is a special machine. 800 horsepower, seven speed paddle shift transmission. It is an amazing machine from the factory, only made better by Shelby themselves. And when we come back, I'm gonna talk to Dick Messer about it just a little bit. Dick Messer has been on my show for a long time. You guys haven't heard from him for a while. He was director emeritus, is director emeritus of the Peterson Automotive Museum. And uh, boy, this guy knows about cars. Anyway, this is The Drive. And um, I hope you guys visit autohunter.com to see my car. And I hope it, it's already at 100000 already a little over 100000 bucks right now. I hope it keeps going. We'll see Tuesday. Tuesday at noon is when it fires off. 
I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back with Dick Messer. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network, uh, where you will find ClassicCars.com and the journal that is part of ClassicCars.com and Auto Hunter, where my very car, my 2020 Mustang GT500, serial number eight, is uh, up for auction right now. It ends on Tuesday. I looked it up. Oh, really? Yes, Dick Messer. I was just going to tell you, Dick Messer, I have... We haven't talked to Dick Messer in a long time. I said, we got to talk. Let's call Dick because he's in Florida where people can still live their lives. One of the state of the union, states of our union where people can actually live and not have to, you know, worry about all the garbage that's going on. Like in California and L.A. County right now, they're having to wear masks again, which is... But, Dick, so I have my car... It's over a hundred grand already at Auto Hunter. Auto Hunter is an auction site, part of the uh, Collector Car Network, and uh, you put it on there. And I have a reserve on it because obviously I don't want it to sell for fifty dollars or something ridiculous. Right. But it's over a hundred grand right now. This is serial number eight car, and then I dropped it off, and I had Shelby do a Carol Shelby signature edition. They only made 98 of these for 2020. I got serial number eight from the Carol Shelby registry for that. So it's a double number eight car. Kind of a rare car, I guess, I think. Well, well let me tell you something. What you need to do, you got to let the people know, you've got all the documentation. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what I just went through. I've been lighting my load. I, I, I counted up all the cars I had uh, when we were doing the radio show there in Los Angeles. All right. I had 43 automobiles. Oh, my god! And that, that didn't include the, the motorcycles, which uh, I've been liquidating. Oh, my so god! I still have my home in, in California, and I've got my home here in Florida. In both places, I have my warehouse where I have, have my cars. Right. But I've been liquidating stuff. I'm 80 years old. Right. And it's just insane to have this much stuff. You never think about getting rid of the stuff. You always think about, oh, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do, do you still have... Uh, this is my big question for you, the Lincoln Convertible. Yeah. No, no, it's gone. Oh, you it sold it. it. Oh, it went, you know, there, there are buyers for that kind of stuff, which surprised me because I'd never tried to sell anything. Right. But I've been liquidating. So I'm down to about 25 cars now. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, so one of the cars I, I, I put up for sale, and I'm really sorry I did. I, I love the car. was my Pernelli Jones Mustang. Oh, yeah. Uh, Prinelli Jones, Celine Mustang, right. 2007. Right. Uh, that was a whole story behind getting that and you know, talking to Parnelli and, right. and, you know, getting involved and all that. And I loved the car. I absolutely loved the car. Well, I put, I put it out for, for sale and it sold. And a guy came to Florida and got the car. And I cannot shake this guy. He's calling me saying, do you have this? Do you have that? <laughs> oh, by the way, there's a license plate frame that came with a car and your car, your car didn't have that frame. What did you do with the frame? I had PJ322 as my license. It was right. a 322nd car. Right. And 
we have for Pinelli Jones. And uh, he saw that on one of the bills for some repairs I had done or something like that. I had right. an upgrade done or something. And, and he was looking at an invoice, and he saw that it had, when it had the California plate on it, it was PGA 322. He wants that license plate. <laughs> well, he, I mean, there's people are, so what's going to happen? Be careful with who you sell your car to. Make sure you got all the stuff. <laughs> oh, believe me. they'll be calling. Let me they'll tell you, for this, I have everything. And, and Shelby just sent me a box, like a gift, a gift box with some stuff in it. And uh, so, I mean, everything I got with that car, it only has 41 miles on it, Dick. I've put one mile on oh, it really? since I got it. Yeah. And I bought it a year ago, but because of the pandemic, it, you know, what was I supposed to do? I had it dropped off at Shelby, and then they couldn't get the carbon fiber. People weren't doing the carbon fiber, and the knickknack here wasn't being made. And, you know, it's the same as everybody else was going through. And then they finally got it done, and I, I picked it up, and I went... Oh my gosh! You know what? This car needs to go to a collector. It is it's it's number eight, which is rare because this is the new GT five hundred, and any right, any single right. digit serial number makes it worth more. But yeah, it's already over a hundred thousand bucks, and I'm I'm um, I I may drop. I have it on reserve. I may drop the reserve right at the end just to see how crazy people will get. You know, because it, this, this is this is this is a digital auction, right? This is yes. an internet deal, right? right? It's and you can go to autohunter.com if you look and and just put in their GT500. I think mine's the only one right now, and uh, but yeah, it's it's an awesome car. But I really want a truck. That's all there is to it. I really want if I get a another Shelby, I want the Shelby truck that they just showed the world. It's the most awesome thing I've ever seen. So there I've, we have. I've it. got the truck for you. I got the truck for you. You need a Viper truck. Do you still have you that one? S SRT 10. Yeah, I still have that. Oh, okay. We're going to have to talk after this then. <laughs> so, so, it's a great truck, but it's in the garage at, at, at uh, over at a piece of property I have here in Florida. Yeah. And, uh, and, and my granddaughter started making payments on the truck. She started giving me the offer oh. money. She wants to, she's 16 years old. Oh, no. It's 575 horsepower. <laughs> it, it, it has some upgrades. You got to love she, it. <laughs> she's driving now. She's 16. She's already told oh. me one car. Oh, it's too and she funny. Got a, got a grandpa, I really want that car. She can't drive stick. It's a six-speed, you know. But uh, uh, so uh, she wants that car, so I, I gotta, I gotta watch myself. If I sell that car, I'm in trouble. Uh, no and, doubt uh, about. It. All right, well, yeah. I'll, I'll back off it's, then it's, if it's your granddaughter. <laughs> all right, well, listen, no, I just, I just wanted to call you and say hi because I look and see what yeah, happens. Well, we always, I do. you know, we could go on for hours. I know. So we hours. should, we should do this a little more often, please. Are you okay to do this a little more often? Because I, oh, absolutely. Okay, good, absolutely. good. All right. Well, maybe next week yeah. we can talk about what's going on in the car scene and all, but. Uh, I just I just needed to make a quick call. I only had one segment, and, and, and here we are. We're at the end of it already. I'm, I'm glad you did. Let, yeah. let me know. Call me. Let me know what happens with your Mustang. All right, I will. I will. It's, Tuesday. It's an interesting world out there. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Some Go. guy's gonna, you know, and you're a celebrity anyway. Yeah. So it's celebrity owned. Where's the car physically located now? It's it's at my house in Oregon. But I'll tell you something. Go to AutoHunter.com. And, and check out my car. I put a hundred photographs of it up and a video. Dick Messer, thank you for being wow. on. You take care of yourself. We'll talk to you maybe next week okay. then, huh? Good talking to you. All right. We'll be right back. It is The Drive. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. 
Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is time to bring on my buddy George Kennedy III. He is the co-founder of Cartender. He's a freelance automotive journalist for Car Gurus, Carfax, Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report, and right here on The Drive. George, uh, have you uh, have you checked out my car on AutoHunter.com yet? Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks great. It's uh, the the bin's doing well. Right, I've totally blown away it's like look like what is it over a hundred thousand dollars at this point over a hundred thousand dollars it did that almost in the first day by the way if you guys are wondering what we're talking about i've got my car listed and and it's got like another day or so before it goes off it's a 2020 ford gt 500 mustang carol shelby signature edition so I got serial number eight of the Carroll Shelby Signature Edition. They only made 98 of them. 98 for the year 2020. I got serial number eight. My car's chassis is serial number eight. It's a really super, super rare car. If you want to see it, go to autohunter.com and then just type in like Shelby GT500 and you'll find it. But anyway, it's very cool. I'm excited and uh, we'll see what happens early next week. Anyway, so uh, you are driving a Subaru WRX, something to the effect of S209. So now, we were talking about my car being kind of rare, right? Low serial numbers and all that. Uh, This is one of those cars that is unusual. And the average Joe may not not even care about this, but the gearhead kind of people, they're going to geek out over this. So a WRX Subaru S209, what is that? Yeah, so that's one of those classic if you know you know kind of scenarios. Right, right. And I have been getting a lot of thumbs up from dudes and Subarus all week long and dudettes. <laughs> but it's it was, this is previously a line of special edition cars only released for the Japanese domestic market. Mm. And this was all of the best of the STI engineering Subarus rally to the road philosophy engineering baked into a, a WRX and before that an Impreza, this is the first time one of these special edition cars is coming to North America. Yeah. So per the name, they're only making 209 of them. And you want to talk about cool serial numbers. The press car that I'm driving is triple zero out of triple zero because it's not part of the production line. Huh? So it yeah. doesn't even have a number. It's just a like a mule kind of a car. Yeah, Test and so car. hopefully what that means is that they're not going to crush it after. I hopefully oh, they will go to auction. <laughs> or I mean, there are stories. Uh, one of the worst stories ever was the the original Acura NSX. The mules, there was like three of them, were all crushed, and they were all test-driven and developed with the help of Ayrton Senna. Oh like boy. the famed, you know, yeah. passed away way too young Formula One legend. Right. Just imagine somewhere somebody's – you know, soda can is is uh, aluminum that was you know cooked down from an NSX. <laughs> right, soda can. You know what's funny is, think of the value now. Obviously, because these cars are you know development cars. In other words, they're still kind of you know working on the ingredients of the street model. 
but they have to create a few of these things so they can get them out and test them on the test tracks and whatever, like he's just talking about. But imagine if they had, you know, serial numbers and they could be sold. Think of the value today. And they crush them. Oh, it just Sometimes they have heart. to. Sometimes they have to legally. I but I think that the automakers realizing the value for example the nsx story the value in some of these developmental cars because they bring in some famous drivers if the automaker has a relationship with a motorsport team they might get involved and be doing some stuff so famous names often get behind the wheel the test cars i think they're getting a little bit better or, or getting wise to the fact that there's some stewardship potentially involved with these pre-production cars right so this s209 subaru wrx what is the first thing you automatically notice if you're a car geek and you're like wait a minute look at the size yeah, of the so wing on from that thing the what? outside looking in the first thing you're going to notice is the the fixed rear wing on the back so it's okay. got a very I, you could call it fast and the furious style right, rear wing as opposed yeah. to just a, a body color spoiler right. it's white with gold wheels which is awesome looking mm. and it's 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 so purposeful you can see little added vents little added scoops all these little details that really do kind of make it a next step up connection with the rally car yeah you know and it's yeah. funny you're talking about those little vents and scoops a lot of times on the street model of these cars they'll just be kind of you know for looks i don't know what else to say appearance group stuff and they don't really do anything but i was talking about like my mustang shelby makes a carbon fiber hood for these things the hood only weighs i, I picked one up with one finger it weighed I think, <laughs> nine pounds without the hardware on it Nine pounds for a hood of a, a giant hood. That's and, impressive. Yeah, yeah and there's carbon pounds. fiber all over this thing too. The, right. That wing I just spoke of was carbon fiber. Yeah. The roof is carbon fiber. There's wow. carbon fiber throughout the cabin. So wow. the word I would use to describe this car is purposeful. Yeah, right. Well, and that's it. Like on the Mustang I have, the um, the louvers, all these louvers on the hood, it's all carbon fiber. I mean, the, the hood looks like a kind of a dragon's snout. You know, and you know there's a fire-breathing monster underneath there. <laughs> and But you can see the engine through those things, so they're not just for looks. Now, like my Jeep, I have a Jeep Gladiator, and it's got this awesome-looking scoop on the front that goes nowhere. Right, it's right. Not, it's well, just, I, what is I that? know we talked about this on the Wrangler 392. Right. That's you on the 392 with the V8. It's used to keep water from getting into the engine, but if you're going to blast and ford into a river, right. it'll channel the water on either side. So oh. this particular car, the WRX, has a functional hood scoop. You open the hood, you see the intercoolers right there on top of the engine, mm. um, and that feeds into a larger turbo. So it makes like 341 horse. For a little light car, that's plenty of nice I, horsepower. I, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And right. you know, once again, purposeful. There are drive modes to dial in the end, the mapping of the throttle response. Mm. Speaking of the intercooler, even though it's a six-speed manual and the manual feels fantastic, there are still these little paddles on the steering wheel that say IC spray. The IC stands for intercooler. And what they do is they spray water into the intercooler in short bursts for added power because for your listeners – you know, with a turbo, you're forcing more air into the cylinder. That's what it's really doing. It's, you know, the three ingredients of a combustion is fuel, spark, and air. And you can add more fuel by adding more air. So if you lower the temperature of the air, you can get it more compressed even further, and then it can be even more powerful. So these little little bursts of, of speed, and you can really feel it too. So it's, I keep using the word purposeful, that it's, that's a, the level of engineering there is just fantastic. Nice. 
Um, you're talking about the electronic mapping of the throttle response. And you know what? When I first heard that, I was like, yeah, right. A throttle's a throttle. No. When they do it right and you can barely move your big toe and the car goes, it's because somebody has really, it's kind of like, you know, having a really good trigger on a gun, you know? <laughs> we'll talk about that more on the other side, too. I love these electronics. It's just a, it's changing our world for the better. We'll be right back. It is The Drive. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. Little Ozzy Osbourne there. Uh, I uh, I got to tell you, I I've, I've got a vehicle, the 2021 Jeep um, Gladiator, and the other day I uh, I plugged a trailer in, and we're talking about uh, with George Kennedy the electronics of cars and what have you. I plugged a trailer in to give it you know trailer brakes and all the rest, which you know it has, and I noticed I thought to myself, what is going on here? It it. Holds the shift longer. I, I didn't put it in. It doesn't have like a drive mode on this on this Wrangler. You know, it's a Wrangler pickup trucks so Gladiator Jeep. I thought I didn't. I didn't do anything. I just plugged in the lights. Right. Well, this is what we're talking about when the electronics sensed that I've plugged in a trailer. I'm pulling a trailer now, so it actually changes everything. The way the thing shifts, the tip in of the throttle. Everything changes. The dynamic of that vehicle kind of is like different when I plug in a trailer. I don't have to do anything. It's all intuitive. It's like plug in trailer. Car goes, okay, uh, you're pulling a trailer. I better act a little differently. I love that. I, don't, I mean, I just love that when they do it all for you. You know what I'm saying? And, listen, and that's what, you know, what's I, really cool about that is all these electronic aids. You know, you think about driver assistance features, Apple CarPlay, all these things for – for, you know, daily driver cars. Right, well, right. you know, that's the most common stuff. But, you know, if you have a different niche or different interest, there are new and great technologies for that. There are technologies for trailering, you know, uh, for off-roading, stuff like that. And it's so cool to see all the different uses of technology with this car, this WRX S209. Tell me more. Right. So you just mentioned, you know, the, we talked about throttle mapping, right? So there's a switch in the bottom right below the shifter, you can just have sort of ease in throttle, sport and sport intelligent, and you can see on, and this is perfect car nerd stuff too, like they know that their buyers also play video games, because you can see a graph of like the engine mapping on the, the digital display right in front of you <laughs> as you switch between them. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, it is always fun, yeah. And we talked about the intercooler spray. And then when it comes down to it, you know, one thing I also love too is, and a lot of cars have this now that have a manual, so Porsches do this as well. When you change gears, there's an indicator 
on the display that tells you what gear you're in. So, you know, you don't always need that, but if you're driving pretty hard and you're going around a corner and you're, you're trying to skip a gear, go from like, you know, fifth to third on a downshift, right. it's really helpful to have that. So let me ask you, does it have rev matching, kind of automatic rev matching when so you're going this, through the manual? That's actually a cool thing. This does not. And I've seen that in like a lot of BMWs. Right. Nissan, I think, was one of the first to bring that out with right. the Z. Yep. This does not, and I think that speaks to this more being the features that are are on this car from a tech standpoint are there as aids in the performance driving, and then when it comes down to the three pedals and the stick, it's all you. Well, uh, you know, and I, I was going to say something about that. Is it? I love the electronics until they interfere with my kind of my gearhead monkey brain that wants to go through the gears and want you know i want to be in control stop being my yeah. nanny you know so when i first saw rev matching i thought that was really cool and then i went and did the skip barber racing school where i learned how to do heel toe downshifting right proper and after matching. that i wanted to be able to do that on my own all the time so right. when i see a car with a manual that's a performance vehicle that doesn't have that that's great and the clutch on this is firm it doesn't have a lot of travel you know when you're in and out it is in so many ways, it's the the way that the WRX and then the STI is a step up from that. This is the same distance step up from the STI. All right. How much money is this little WRX S209 from Subaru? Yeah, so it was in the 63 to 65. Oh, wow. Now, that's not even that bad considering, you know, there's possible dealer markups. And, you know, these things might end up on bring a trailer Right. In a couple of years for even higher, right? right? Right, right, Well, listen, you have a specialty car. You don't want to drive the same thing that the guy down the street is driving. There's people like that. I happen to be one, as you know, like mine is for sale right now. <laughs> I've had it a year. I put one mile on it, one mile. I know you're going, huh? Yeah, one mile on that Mustang I have. That That's I, pretty wild. Well, it got trapped at Shelby for a year, almost, well, 10 months because of the, <laughs> the pandemic and they couldn't get parts. And just like everybody, look at the, look at so the you're dealers. you're saying the best thing that could happen to a performance car is being being hidden from you for a year, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> My friend says, oh, so you, you because uh, in, in this little article they wrote on the journal from ClassicCars.com, the guy actually writes, he says, he's only put one mile on it, a half mile to the photo shoot and a half mile back. And it's true. But my friend says, yes, and you burned out all the way there. And no, that is not true. <laughs> I actually drove like, you know, it's a half mile, right? It was a little park. You know, I drove it like a baby. This car literally is brand new. It's got 41 miles. I think it's got 40.7 miles on it. And uh, wild. Yeah. So anyway, again, it's, it's at autohunter.com if you want to check out this car. Uh, it'll be sold, I think, on Tuesday. Monday's the last day, I think. Tuesday is when it sells. It's an auction site. It's really cool. Okay, so this car, the Subaru, is uh, it's it's uh, on sale now. If you want something special, Subaru well, WRX. Let, let's rephrase. Let's rephrase this. Yeah. Uh, it was it was on sale in 2019. There's 209 of them. They are all spoken Sold. for. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> well, this is more of a, uh, a, a an aspirational what if if you have a WRX and you're like, well, what do I want to do? Oh for my gosh! Look oh. at the build sheet on this. <laughs> And, 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 you know, and it's then, like the you Bronco. Know, you, you, you can't even get a Bronco till 2023. Don't go anywhere, George. We're going to talk about Mustang Mach 1 after this. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try autotempest.com. 
See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Our show is brought to you in part by Subaru and their new Outback. Go where love takes you, and you can get one of those. George Kennedy III is joining us. And, George, I really hate it when, you know, because of what's going on in our world today, that you can't just go down and buy a car like the Ford Bronco. Um... A TV company wanted me to do a TV thing on the Bronco, and I said to the guy, look, I'll do it. I said, but just so you know, you're going to aggravate people when you tell them, you know, hey, look how hot this car is, but you can't get it until 2023 because they're all sold out. They can't even build them fast enough. They're selling them faster than they can build them. So, yeah, I mean, they were they were already hotly anticipated. Yeah. There were obvious delays because of the pandemic, right. and there's sort of a trickle now because of the chip shortages and various other things, and that's going to happen for a little while. Yeah, no, it's very frustrating, and it, it uh, you know, truthfully, I kind of wanted one myself, and but when I right, heard but, about you know how difficult it was going to be, I thought you know what, I'll get a. Uh, a gladiator for a little while. I love the gladiator. It's a pickup truck. I thought, you know, I'm just going to wait. And two years from now, maybe when they're when they're caught up, which I don't know that they'll ever get caught up, maybe yeah, I'll buy I mean, one. I, in. You know, I, the way I, I phrase it is, you know, these are, you know, it's not a necessity. So if if you're if you can wait, definitely yeah. wait, yeah. right? But if yeah. if you need a car, then you're not looking at something like a Bronco. You might be looking at a, at a, a compact crossover or a right. sedan, right? You know, there are the high volume brands that are doing stuff like the Camry and the Rav Four. You know, that stuff should be more readily available. There's going to be a delay or there might be markups now. But, yeah, it's it's tough. If you need something, if you need wheels tomorrow, it's tough right now. Yep. All right. Ford Mustang Mach 1, not Mach E, not <laughs> GT500, no more GT350s, but the Mach 1. Talk about it. Yeah. So just like your car, which is being auctioned off, this is a V8 Mustang with paddle shifters, right? Mm. The Mach 1 is sort of a the GT plus, right? So it's it's got the V8, the 5-liter V8 out of the Mustang GT. Right. makes 20 more horsepower. This makes 480 horse. Woo. And then it's got some stuff off the shelf that, you know, like you just said, they're not making the GT350 anymore. It actually uses some stuff from the GT350, like some subframe stuff, some of the suspension components. I think the, the rubber is out of the GT350. And so it's got a, a different performance upgrades here and there that make it sort of the pinnacle of what the GT Mustang could be. So is this the same F1 style paddle shift seven speed that they put in the GT 500? It is not. Okay. It is. The, it's the 10 speed, but it has the paddle shifters. Oh, it's a 10 this speed. was delivered okay. with the paddle shifters. I really wish that this that they sent this car. It, it comes with the manual. And not only that, it comes with the get rag manual that that came on the GT350. I would have loved to have driven that car because to me, like, look, for the Shelby, the reason with that's paddle shift is that it needs to manage all that power. If you're talking about the naturally aspirated V8, that thing needs to have a manual, man. <laughs> so to send it up with paddle shifters, it's like uh, when I was younger, I used to, I'd see a Corvette parked on the side of the road. First thing I do, I looked in over the, the, the sill. Up, oh, does it have a manual? 
or does it have an old guy stick? You so, know, what, what was that movie with Gene Hackman and Tom Cruise? You can't handle the truth. A uh, few good men. There you go. Okay, so this is you can't handle the power of the GT. That's <laughs> yeah. why they put that. But it's listen, think about it. Like mine's eight hundred horsepower, right? I mean, eight hundred. My demon had eight hundred and forty horsepower. I never got it to that because I was like, I don't want to go through all the things you got to go to get that extra forty horsepower. Right, you got to get it's certified. Eight like hundred's enough, you know. Yeah, but yeah. even and that's then, four hundred eighty would be so much plenty. fun with the six speed. Right, that's plenty. I mean, it's and like, not just that. The get rad six speed out of the the GT three fifty. We've gone so far with horsepower and and handling packages and aerodynamics and just pure amazing engineering that these cars of today are absolutely fantastic 480 horsepower forget about it man well to to prove a point of how much the mustang has changed over the years my preferred model of the mustang would be the 2.3 liter ecoboost the entry level model with the ecoboost performance pack which is a lot of the handling stuff out of the gt with a manual all right. of a sudden you have 310 horsepower right the ability to corner really well without the added weight up front so you can carry more momentum into corners how much money is this car the mach 1 for mustang yes yeah, so the mach 1 mustang is fifty three thousand, and then with you know all the bells and whistles that were on it uh you're looking at somewhere in the 62 range yeah Whew. And you can spend over a hundred for the GT500 if you get the <laughs> carbon package and all that, and if you can get one again. George Kennedy the Third, thank you, sir. Uh, Car Guru's Boston Globe. Uh, where else is he now? Carfax, U.S. News and World Report. By golly, you'll find him all over the place. Thank you, George. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. All right, we'll take a little break. We got another hour to go. This is the drive. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars. One search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining me right now is one of my buddies, Brian Moody. He is the executive editor at AutoTrader, autotrader.com. And I was talking to him just briefly before this segment started, and he says to me that consumers are more brand loyal post-pandemic, which is very interesting. Is that a reversal of what we were seeing? It was trending that people don't care about the brand, whether they're buying price or they're buying design or whatever it is. So, well, what is causing this change, I I think? What do you think it is? So, 
What's causing it is a little bit more maybe too cerebral for me, but I would guess <laughs> that there's a psychology behind it yeah. that people are rejecting change in a way. Mm. So many things are changing and they may be changing at a rate that they're not comfortable with. It could even be, you know, this has often come up before. There's a lot of things in life that are stressful, even though they might be a good thing. So, for example, winning the lottery is stressful. Right. It's a good thing that you won the lottery, <laughs> right. probably. Yeah. But it's it's a stressful thing. The same with like if you were if I suddenly some guys working at a company and they're like, hey, we'd like you to be we want to promote you to CEO. Okay, great opportunity, but that's stressful. Yeah. So I think that the stress of the the pre-pandemic and you know COVID nineteen era is causing people to be like, hey, I want to I want to control a few things, and I think in this case sticking with the same brand is one of the ways they're doing that. That part of it is all speculation on my part. Well, I think there's some psychology, like you said, that goes along these lines. People know that with certain brands, they can trust the brand. Even if a singular person that represents the brand, a car salesman or a product salesman lies to you or cheats you or somehow some bad experience, you can go back to the brand and say, hey, I had a bad experience. Right. I mean, for example, I was on with a bank today and they said, will you stay on the line after we're done for one minute and take a short you know, quiz of how we did. And I, and I thought, you know, I mean, everybody just hangs up. And I thought, you know what, that, that gal that just helped me was very helpful. And so I don't know what this little quiz is. I stayed on the line and sure enough, it was all about that gal. It was all about how did she do? Did she answer your questions? Mm -hmm. um, what was your experience like? How long did you have to wait? All these things. That, and I, and it was just kind of yes or no, or one through five, you know, press the button. And I answered them all, and I thought to myself, that gal deserved the credit for taking care of me quickly, customer service, right? That's how they retain sure, their clients. Yeah. But what happens is the brand ultimately is trying to find who are the rising stars within their organization and who are the ones that are bringing everybody down, right? And so right. this as to well me, they should, yeah. Yeah, so I think that the brand promise is so much more important and actually the slogan for my company is people you love, brands you trust. And the reason why I do that is because it's hard to love a brand. I can like it a whole bunch, but it's not a person. Love is something you yeah. give to a person. Yeah. So people you love. So I, I love that gal afterwards enough to love her to give her a score on how she did. Give her the, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That was my time invested well, into that little relationship. So psychology. So you might be able to guess this, but this, is, this data comes from J.D. Power. And what do you think is the top among loyalty in new car brands? Or Ooh. car brands. What, what do you think would be the number one? What Toyota. Would be your guess? Toyota. No, that's number two. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Honda's number three. Oh, oh, my gosh. Don't tell me Tesla right now. If you do that, I'm going to die. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Who is it? Subaru. Really? Oh, thank goodness. They're yep. one of our sponsors. Good. Congratulations, Subaru. That's nice. So yeah. they're top among all automakers in terms of brand loyalty, cars wow. that people want to go back to once they have the choice. And then, like I said, followed by Toyota, then Honda, then, uh, curiously, Ram, and then Ford. Oh. So wow. Subaru is at the top place. And again, Toyota was, was this is the same as, as last year. But more people are brand loyal post-pandemic than they were before. 
However, luxury brands tend to attract less loyalty. Mm. So what would be your guess for the number one in terms of loyalty, even though the percentage is lower? Number one in terms of loyalty for luxury brands. I'll give you my it's guess. Kind of on obvious the, if you think about I'll it. give you my guess on the other side of the break, and I'll tell you that Subaru yeah. is a sponsor, and their slogan is love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. I love that about that brand. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Listening to the drive all across America and around the world because of the interwebs, the evil interwebs controlling your mind one click at a time. Uh, Brian Moody joining us from uh, autotrader.com. Although, if you want information on your car or truck or minivan or whatever, you can find it all there, what it's worth, and videos, and all kinds of stories, and stories like this. Consumers more brand loyal post pandemic. We're talking about that and a study. He asked me, Brian, what did you ask me again about luxury cars? What was that before the break? So we said that Subaru is tops among automakers in terms of brand loyalty, right? right. Meaning consumers stick with a certain brand of car. Right. But when it comes to luxury brands, it's a little bit different. People are less loyal because, like you said before, there still is an element of that. I want whatever car gives me the tech and the safety features I'm looking for, regardless of brand. And, of course, it makes sense that luxury owners would be more fickle because they have more money right. and they want what they want. Right. So of all the luxury brands, what would you guess would be the most loyal, earn people's loyalty the most? I think BMW. I don't know why. No. But that is that is fourth. Okay. It's Lexus. Okay. And I, and I think okay. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, uh, when you make cars that are that good, that reliable, yeah. and you've been doing it for that long, I, I think it makes sense. I also think it makes sense because Toyota is number two in terms of you know overall loyalty. I think a lot of Toyota customers are moving up to Lexus vehicles, and then they, they have the same kind of brand affinity, right? Yeah. The least loyal in some of these for some of these automakers are brands like Jaguar, Maserati, Mini, that kind of stuff. Mini, really? Well, see, now, if you said to me, Alan, why did you say BMW? Here's my line of thinking. BMW is a driver's machine, right? They, right. they build the car because they want you to be you, the driver, to be engaged with this machine. Now, I, you mm -hmm. cannot say that about Lexus. Lexus is pure luxury and... It's uh, the, the, the the husband and the wife. It depends on the car, though. Well, that's true because they the they do make some real. Yes, no, yeah, right. I, I'm agreeing but with the you. LF, yes. Well, and but see, what happens is it's odd because over the years, BMW, the driving machine, it has kind of lost some of that, and it's become a little more luxury, luxury, luxury for the sake of luxury. Where it's interesting, the luxury for the sake of luxury company, Lexus, has become more sporty, isn't that? So they added, you know, BMW yeah. lost some of, I think, some of its uh, driver appeal, perhaps, 
And then people started looking at Lexus, and they're like, wow, I can get an F-Type, right? Or an F, what do they call that? The F-Sport, whatever, that, which is the... F-Sport, yeah. Right, the Sport, F-Type is a Jaguar, by the way. But anyway, the point is that Lexus yeah, is starting right. to offer more than just dependability, luxury. They're adding that sportiness, which I think oh, they, they want over. Oh, the irony. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 but there is evidence that your theory is right, because number two is Porsche, number three is Mercedes. Benz and number four is BMW. Uh, I think that that little lineup, this is according to J.D. Power's research, I think that little lineup that, that I just said in terms of luxury loyalty, it supports your theory that the more engaging a car is to drive, right. the more loyal you're going to be to it. And Lexus has a combination of both, but there's no way around value and reliability. People with money value money. Yeah, I, well, I, I agreed. And here's the thing. I gave my wife a chance to buy whatever car she wanted. Now, obviously, she's not going to pick a Rolls Royce something because that's ridiculous. But I said, whatever you want. You know, come on. We've been together 40 years. It's time for you to have you go out and pick the car. Now, every dealer we went to, I'm like, this is a good one. Buy this one. <laughs> every single one to a T over at the Ford dealer. Yeah. And then hey, here's a really nice uh, Explore ST. It's 400 horsepower. Uh, this is really nice. No, no. Go pop over to the other side. There's the Lincoln Navigator and the Lincoln Aviator and all the different Lincolns. These are nice. These are uh, what do they call this. You know, this is like uh, what's their slogan right now? It's like being in a sanctuary, right? And I'm like, this yeah. is nice sanctuary. Yeah. She's like, no, that's not it. Yeah, I mean, we went to all the different dealers. We went over to Subaru, drove Subaru. I'm like, Subaru, let's come on. Everybody loves Subaru, Subaru. And she's like, mm, just not it for me because she's looking for the it car, right? Range Rover, no, right. it's not it. Mercedes, no, it's not. I'm like, driving me nuts. So finally. I like how you told the story about your <laughs> wife getting any car she wants. And then you say, first place we went was the Ford dealer. <laughs> well, you know why? Because if you go from my house into town, that's the first dealer you pass, by the way. Now, funny enough, the, the last dealer we passed <laughs> is the Nissan dealer. And okay. we, we drove by there and she goes, what's that? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I go, it's a Nissan. Let's pull in there. This was right when the new 21 Rogue, Nissan Rogue. Now, we live okay. on the Rogue River, spelled exactly like they spell Nissan Rogue. So I go, that's the new Rogue. This is before anybody had really talked about it. It just, bam, it shows up. She bought it. I'm just telling that's how it works. It was, nice. It's her car. She can buy whatever she wants. Anyway, we're going to take another break. More with Brian Moody from autotrader.com. Autotrader.com. They've got it all. Go check it out. It's awesome. We'll be right back. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And my buddy Brian Moody's on the line. Brian Moody is the executive editor of autotrader.com. 
We're just talking about cars and car stuff and why people buy the psychology of this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, consumers are more brand loyal after the pandemic. Of course, you know, here comes the next wave of the pandemic, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Brian, you know, so I have this black, all black Mustang right now. 2020, it's a Ford GT500 Mustang, so it's the, you know, awesome machine. Then it's got a uh, Carroll Shelby Signature Edition package put on it, so it even makes it more awesome. And it's on auction right now at autohunter.com. You guys can all check it out. It's going to be sold. Actually, the auction ends on Monday, I think Monday or Tuesday, but check it out at autohunter.com. Anyway, my car is black, black, and then they go, what color stripes do you want on it? So when I bought it, I bought it a year ago. I put one mile yeah. on it. One mile, because we were talking about the pandemic. It was locked in inside the, uh, the vortex of the pandemic hell. No chips, no parts, no carbon fiber, no whatever. You know, car companies couldn't make cars and still are having a hard time delivering them. But I, I said, no, I want it black, 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 blackity, black, black. So I have a black car with black stripes. And they're like, why are you putting black on black? I go, oh, it's so cool. It's like uh, less is more. So what do you think about these blacked out trim packages? Personally, I love it. Well, they're cool, but there's also they're becoming abundant. So that kind of leads me to believe that my opinion is really irrelevant because people are going to buy what they're going to buy. Right. <laughs> so you could say all day long, oh, I just hate it when. But whatever, people are buying them. And there's just really there's a bunch of different blacked out trim packages that are coming to market or are already there. Like they have different names. Chrysler, for example, has the S appearance package, which blacks out the, the, the grill and the trim and the wheels. Chevy has the blackout or the midnight versions. The 2021 Silverado has a, has a, you know, a blackout package and that blacks everything oh, out. Ford it. has the same thing. Yeah. GMC has the elevation and dark accent packages. I don't know why they need that many words, but whatever, there they are. Kia, the nightfall edition. I, I know. Um, I the Armada, it. I think the Nissan, yeah, Nissan has one. But, but the Armada, let, me, let me ask you something uh, here. Toyota has nightshade. But see, there's yeah. no chrome anymore, right? So this blackout thing is the new chrome. So if you have a car that is, you know, teal or gunmetal gray or whatever, and everything's blacked out, oh, man, it looks good. It's almost the equivalent. And I hate to tell you because as old as I am, people are saying chrome is for old people. If chrome is for old people, blackout is for young people. So I think it's the new Chrome. Everything used to have a lot of Chrome on it, you know? True. And here's what I think also is that people see Chrome today in a different way. Like, it used to be fancy, right? But now I think some people, especially younger people, see it as like, it's kind of tacky to call that much attention to yourself. <laughs> it's kind of tacky to say, hey, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a, it's a generational difference. So for my son, for example just sort of driving and we, we were going to get him a car and he said, whatever you get me, I don't really, he doesn't care about cars that much, believe it or not. Again, the irony. I know. It happens to um, me too. He I just know. said, I don't want it to stand out. I don't want it to be bright. And I, so I just happened to be driving a Tesla Model 3 that this one week and it was black with blacked out trim, black wheels and everything. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so like, you know, subtle. But then the one thing he said was, I can't stand that big giant screen inside. And I said, why not? And he goes, well, how hard do you have to be trying to have that big of a screen? Oh my gosh! Well, first Fair of enough. all, what is your son's first name? Either way, he sees it. Yeah. What is he? What's his first name? Nicholas. 
So you have Nicholas call me Nicholas. because he and I need to be friends. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. Although I do you like see, you see where he's coming from, though, right? Like, yeah. Why do you have to go that far out of your way to say, "Hey, everyone, look at me"? It's like and this is what he said. His his concluding comment was, "You know why, Dad? Because it's embarrassing." Isn't that interesting? See, I do like the bigger screen because as I get older, my eyes are bad and I can, I can see it. <laughs> That's but don't you like it recessed into the dash, not sticking out and then making okay. a big announcement. Yeah, no, that that is true. I don't like how Tesla does it. I do. I will say that the, the new Ram trucks and the new Ford F one fifty they do a really nice job of integrating it into the dash, and it's not like in your yeah. face with a rubber hose. I think it's up your nose with a rubber hose, but you know what I mean. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, agree, I agree with Nicholas, man. I he, he's a smart kid. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So uh, yeah, I think what it boils down to is and that there are, there are others with big screens that have it better integrated. Right. So uh, Subaru has a big screen. The Prius Prime has a big screen. Right. Um, Ram has a big screen. Cadillac Escalade has a big screen, except it's more horizontal. I like that better. But there's a way of doing it that doesn't like that's not begging for attention. Right. So your son hit the nail on the head, though, because and if you think about it, yeah. When we were young, Chrome was in. Chrome, it, it's like lots of yeah. Chrome. You know, Chrome. More Chrome, the better. And today, yeah, the young kids black blacked out packages. And you know, I'm I'm still a kid at heart. I think this is important that we stay young at heart. And uh, like somebody said something the other day about, you you know, you try and find somebody to grow old with. And I want to find somebody yeah. to grow young with. You know what I mean? It's like my body's <laughs> going to get old, but I want to stay young. I, I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm an old person. I should be driving a whatever that car is. It used to be a Cadillac or a Lincoln. It's not that way anymore. What is the old person's yeah. car today? I, I don't even know how to tell you what is the old person's car. Because today's 70-year-old man or woman are still young at heart, and they want to drive a Porsche. They want to drive a Audi, a BMW. They want to drive drivers' cars, cars that people love to drive. All right, we're going to take one more break. Well, one more segment with you. I'll tell you one more. I'll tell you one more piece of wisdom after the break, and then right. and then you can do with it what you will. Good man. Autotrader.com is where you can find Brian and all the great information that is available to you. Autotrader.com. We'll be right back. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And uh, Brian Moody's with us from autotrader.com. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru and the new Outback. Go where love takes you. And, uh, of course, their longstanding love. It's what makes Subaru a Subaru. And Brian Moody was just telling me that uh, J.D. Power and Associates just said that brand loyalty, number one, Subaru. Congratulations to the folks at Subaru. Brian, you had one more analogy you wanted to share with me before the break there. Okay. Pearls of wisdom from my children. You ready for this? Yep. They say boxy cars look cool and modern. Anything that has a square look to it. 
cars that are round and swoopy in the front, that looks old-fashioned. <laughs> From the mouths of So babes. if it looks aerodynamic, right, right, in the front, and the headlights are all pulled back and skull, no. What they think looks cool and modern is like a boxy Caprice, a G-Wagon, a Wrangler, or like a Ford Courier from the 70s. That's what looks cool to them today. Well, you know what, then? The, Scion needs to come back. Toyota needs to bring back Scion, the brand, and start building the XB again. And evidently, it would be incredibly popular this time around. It, it still was even then, but their market was off. Remember that little square box looked like a UPS delivery van, right? And yes, they, they thought true. it was going to be, as a matter of fact, it was Jim Farley, who today is the president of uh, Ford Motor Company. He launched launched that brand for Toyota because it's Sayano's part of Toyota. They thought it was going to be a young person's car. And I remember him distinctly saying it's a palette. It's like, it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want to it. And, uh, and it's going to be a young person's car. Wrong. The average age was like 43 and older and very few. Right. Young you know why? Buy. No. Why? Well, because when they say it's a palette, you can do whatever you want to it. People who value money, who are on a budget are like, okay, can I do this with it? Keep it and keep, and drive it for a super long time for a low price. Can I do that? Oh, you absolutely can. <laughs> right. So rather than have cool wheels and big exhaust, you have someone who's on a fixed income in Santa Monica with a license plate frame that says Grandma Little Fun Wagon. Yeah, right. Well, you That's know what? The tr Because they realize, oh, this is a Toyota I can get for $16,000. Right. In, sign me up. Well, it reminds me of the Pontiac Aztec. Do you know the story of the Aztec, how that thing came about? Did you ever hear the... No, okay, well, so I what do not. General Motors decided we're going to go to all of the smartest minds in the world that can help us to build the ultimate machine. So they took, you know, all of what everybody wanted out of their machine, their car, and they rolled it into one ball and they designed the Pontiac Aztec. It was supposed to be the ultimate perfect machine. Now, today there is a cult following of the Aztec, okay? But it, it was supposedly supposed to do everything and it, they brought it to market and it was, it was a dud, right? And it's so funny because... <laughs> It's like what we think. It's like, you know what they say about if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And Toyota did the same yeah. thing with the, with the uh, little XB. This is going to be the ultimate young person's car. And all these, you know, middle-aged people are still driving them and loving them to this day. It's just funny how all the planning in the world, that's why you, they just have to keep on designing, designing, engineering, the, you know. I think the Aztec was like the... The AMC Concorde. Right, it was right. one of those cars that was just a little too early. Yeah. Because I can remember when the when the Aztec came out, I remember like my wife and I hadn't been married that long. We were like, let's get a new car. I don't want a sedan. I don't want a full-size SUV, and I don't want a minivan. What's kind of a cool thing in between? And I'll be darned if Aztec didn't come up as a, <laughs> as a possibility. It was just too soon because what we didn't know was that like just around the corner was going to be all of these car-based SUVs, right? Like the Nissan Rogue and like the Chevy Traverse and those types of things. Yeah. But the Aztec wasn't a bad idea. It was just that the execution was rather unattractive. But the idea itself was a car that I think people wanted then and they still want today. Yeah. It's funny because if you remember back, they even had a little T 
tent thing you could kind of pop out. Yeah, the back. that's cool. I mean, you're right. It was way ahead of its time. The front end design to me was just hideous. It looks like some sort of a creepy crawly a bug that's in the water. What do you call those things? Sand crab. It kind of had a sand crab face. Those things always scared me as a kid, <laughs> you know. But I mean, the the execution of it overall was was pretty good, except maybe the design had a little to be, um, you know, they could have gone a little further right. with design. I don't know, but you're right. It was way ahead of its time. Many vehicles that were ahead of their time. Corvair was kind of ahead of its time, and course you know huh? carol carol shelby talks about the corvair had you know porsche the 911 and the the porsches had that rear engine the same Air kind of cool. setup yeah same kind of setup and they made it but because of ralph nader and he you know kicked it kind of in the in the lower nether region on the news everybody just shied away from it and, and away it went otherwise the corvair could have evolved into something really cool I mean, today they're still making the Porsche 911, and it's still really cool. God knows what, what now, uh, General Motors may have been able to do, right? I heard a rumor yeah. that Ralph Nader didn't kill the Corvair, that Chevy was going to kill the Corvair anyway. And when Ralph Nader came out with his thing, they decided to go with a second generation, which is why we have the Monza. Ah. That's what I heard. Ah, well... There you go. It's probably true. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right. And what- Subarus were air cooled at one point, too, right? Right. Absolutely. All right, yeah, we'll yeah, take yeah. a break. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're talking to Brian Moody. Brian, you're just you're gonna have to do the whole hour. It's all there. There's only two more segments. What the heck? <laughs> I'm on uh, a roll. <laughs> Brian Moody. Um, oh no, I take it back. Oh my goodness, what am I doing here? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna figure it out though. I got so many guests on the show now. I gotta cancel guests because you're so good. We'll take a little break. It is <laughs> the drive. Don't go anywhere. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. you're listening to the drive i don't know what i'm doing i get so many guests on the show and and then we start talking and well that's what a talk show is about and i forget i got other guests and brian moody it's your fault your fault executive editor autotrader.com uh brian's got they're not booing alan (laughs) they're chanting moody oh that's what it is uh you've got some information on least expensive new cars on the market and my question is if they're the least expensive ones, they're probably already sold because everybody's buying new cars lately. There's nothing on the on the car lots. But what do you got for us? Yes, that's true. So none of these cars can I attest to the inventory. Uh, <laughs> right. We're going to come up with a list for that later this month. But these are the least expensive new cars if you should be able to find one. The Nissan Versa has a starting price of just under $13,000. It gets 36 miles per gallon. It's got an automatic transmission, and actually you can get up to 40 miles per gallon on the highway. So is that a car that you want? I don't know, but it's cheap. Also, the Chevy Spark, same thing, about $13,000. You can actually get OnStar and a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot. 
also about 40 miles per gallon on the highway. The Mitsubishi Mirage, a little bit more than 13, about 13.8, so under just under 14. But it does have a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. And so that's worthwhile if you want a GB yeah. that's going to last a while. The Smart 4.2 is $14,000, but it's just not really very much fun at all. So I don't know. You have, That's just a judgment call on that one. But $14,000 for a new car, new car warranty. Nobody's driven it before. That's kind of up to you. Ford Fiesta is still around. Wow. About $15,000 for that. Mm. Kia Rio, fourteen eight is – I think this is probably the best one on the list, to be honest with you. Kia Rio is a is a is a decent car. It's got uh, you know USB ports, stereo like you would expect, thirty seven miles per gallon. The Nissan Versa Note is on there, so if you can find one of those, about thirty six miles per gallon on the highway, and you know they have decent equipment. It's a good little car that you can keep for a while. So those are some of the cars that are new, but the least expensive ones of those, I think. A couple of them are like, well, it's going to feel like an inexpensive car. I don't think the Kia Rio or the Versa Note are like that. And that's if you can find any Versa Notes you know, out there still. But um, the Kia Rio is one that I would look at for sure. And the Kia Forte also is one that's uh, you know inexpensive, and that's a new car from Kia. Yep. So these are assuming that you can find these. You know, Go look at the lot. Go see what's for sale. But uh, I would look at Kia and Hyundai for inexpensive cars. That's my personal opinion. So let me ask you, what do you think about uh, electric cars right now? Some of the ones that, you know, have been not selling for a while. Do you think people are going, well, I really want to buy this, but I can't find one anywhere. This happened to us. We wanted to get a, a Kia Telluride. And my God, and they're still selling like hotcakes. You can't buy one for less than five or 10 over the uh, the window sticker, the MSRP, which, you know, I mean, good for them, right? But the problem is then we yeah. end up settling for something. Do you think some people are settling for cars that maybe, you know, they would have never imagined themselves getting because, well, I've got say 20,000 to to spend and because of the federal tax rebates on some of these things you know maybe they're you know $30,000 and then if you get the $7,500 tax rebate i think california different states have that and then maybe another $2,500 yeah. for this that or the other for local taxes all of a sudden you're down into a reasonable range you're getting more car even though it's not the car you really want but if you look at your lifestyle like you and i are friends with Carl Brower Carl had a Fiat 500e and I remember when he told me yeah. when he bought that little electric thing you've seen it because you work with him for a while there and yeah and yeah. I go why yeah. did you buy that he goes Alan forty nine dollars a month he goes I was yeah. spending 150 dollars a month in gas and now I plug it in at night I'm only you know a few miles from work if you know your your kind of your 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 I guess your route you know because I mean for me yeah my route is like if I drive eight or nine miles a day I've driven a long way because I'm two and a half miles from work right so I don't need to have a car that really you know the electric car would work fine for me but I can't stand thinking of owning an electric car because I want to hear the engine I like the mechanical nature of a 
internal combustion engine. I want to put a better exhaust on it. I want this and that. I want to, as Tim Allen, my buddy says, I want to put my stink on it. And he says, and that's a good thing, <laughs> right? Well, but, then what you might be in the market for is yeah. a plug-in hybrid. Yes, I, I can do that. Because it does the best of both. Right. I could do that. The problem is people are starting to get keen on those and recognize what a great machine that is. You've got the best of both worlds. You've got an electric vehicle for the first, you know, my uh-huh. daughter's uh, Plymouth Pacifica, the minivan. She has a Pacifica plug-in. Yeah, yeah, Chrysler. What did I say? Plymouth? Yeah, they're out of business. But same thing. <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> that's too funny. I just dated myself. Oops. But she loves it. And she came over to my house yesterday and she goes, dang it, I forgot to plug my car in today. And I go, well, but wait a minute, you're going home? And she goes, yeah, but I'll, it, the engine will turn on before I get home. She lives like 20 minutes from me. and yeah. But she got like a th- over 1,000 miles out of her first tank of gas, and she's trying to make 1,000 miles per tank right now on her gasoline. And because nice. she plugs it in wherever she goes, if she can, she'll plug it in. But this is a big vehicle. Yep. I agree with you. The plug-in hybrid is the ultimate machine for people that don't want range anxiety out of an EV, electric vehicle, all electric. And when you stomp on it, those cars really go. So I've been driving a Volvo XC60 plug-in. Yep. It's got 400 horsepower. When you step on it, man, that thing goes. But in my normal everyday driving, mostly electricity, like you said, I'm getting 81 miles per gallon. Too right? That's awesome. Yep. Well, so we are at the place in history when there are the best of times when it comes to transportation. And it's kind of funny, and I hate to be political, but I always got to wonder. Pete Buttigieg, the head of transportation for the United States of America, was in Chicago the other day meeting with Lori Lightfoot. That city's having a great time. He didn't bother going to the Chicago Auto Show. What the hell, Pete? Anyway, point is, we are at the best of times and I believe that, uh, you know, no matter what you get, you're going to get a good vehicle. And some people are having to buy vehicles that will take them a good, you know, two or three years until they can get the one they want. Like the one that I really wonder about lately is the uh, Bronco. You're not going to be able to get one of those probably till 2023. That's really kind of sad. Um, yeah. Because just jillions of people want them. By the way. If you want this list of least expensive new cars, and I'm going to tell you what, Nissan Versa, I have Spank. I wrote Spank, but I meant Spark because that's what it is. (laughs) Spank. (laughs) The Mirage, Smart, Fiesta Rio, Note, Forte, all those different cars. You can find them all at autotrader.com. That's where Brian's from. Brian Moody, everybody. Brian, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Always fun. When we come back, I'm going to talk about my car. I know. I know. It's boring, but I got to do it. We'll be right back. (laughs) Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome. 
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network. That is cars.com, autohunter.com. That's the auction site if you want to auction off your classic car. And The Journal, classiccars.com, The Journal. There's a story in there about my car, GT500 Mustang, serial number 8, and it's on autohunter.com right now. You know, I don't know. I Listen, I just want to, before we go for the weekend, because my car is going to be selling on Tuesday at noon, I think noon Pacific time, but you might want to check. A lot of people always ask me, what do you drive, Alan? What do you drive? Well, you know what? Right now, I've been driving my Jeep Gladiator. It's a pickup truck. It's a Jeep Wrangler pickup truck. I got the Mojave edition, which is kind of the top of the line. I have a Suburban a 1997, three-quarter ton. It's got a Tonawanda 454 engine, four-wheel drive. It's just an old beater. It's got like 200,000 miles. You can't kill those things. And I believe that that is the, the longest lasting, longest vehicle for miles out of all the vehicles. They just did a study on it. I, I don't know which one, a Motor Trend or somebody did a study that the Suburbans get just the longest life out of these things. They're an amazing machine. And I, so I have two of them. I have a three-quarter ton four-wheel drive with a Tonawanda 454, if you know what that is. That came out, I think, in 90, must have been 92, and I have a 97. The Tonawanda engine is amazing. Anyway, I also have an 87 three-quarter ton two-wheel drive Suburban that I bought from a friend of mine that's just in beautiful condition. So I drive weird things, right? I drive what I would consider classic cars a lot. I like classic cars. I own Patrick Swayze's Range Rover. It's a 1990 Range Rover, and I bought it from Patrick Swayze before he passed away. God rest his soul. And this vehicle, he's the original owner, and it's it's been sitting now, I don't know, I probably owned it 10 years. It's been sitting in my field, and I'm feeling guilty while we're talking about it right now. I need to go pull it out and get it running again. But uh, I have weird stuff. I have a 1992 Volkswagen Cabriolet Wolfsburg Edition, white on white, white top, white paint, white seats, white door panels, everything. And it's also sitting there. I bought it with a blown engine, oh gosh, you know, seven or eight years ago for 500 bucks though. Now, 500 bucks. Go look what those are selling for. So no matter what, it's just like money sitting in the bank for me. That's It's kind of like one day I'll get to it, right? And I will get to it one day. But I don't always drive everything I get. Like when I bought my Dodge Demon, you know, 840 horsepower, complete wild machine, I drove the living hell out of it. I burned out everywhere I went. I mean, literally, I put a set of tires on it in 4,000 miles because, well, back tires anyway, because the back tires were like bald. And it was just fun. And I, I figured that this car is going to either get me killed or arrested, one of the two. I never got either one of them, of course, because I'm still talking. I'm obviously not dead. But I never got arrested. I didn't even get pulled over. I did 165 miles an hour in that car. And that is crazy, crazy speeds. The car was just an animal. And I thought, you know what? I got to set this animal free. It's like owning a black panther. It's going to bite me one of these days. So I sold it at Hot August Nights, which is coming up next week. Next week, it's coming up. It's, it's all starting. Hot August Nights in Reno. You guys got to check it out. And a buddy of mine is doing an auction there. I sold that car for $126,000. And I think it's still probably worth that to this very day. It was serial number eight. And like I said, crazy story. But I ended up with a Shelby GT500 serial number eight. 
and it's on uh, autohunter.com. If you guys want to see what does Alan Taylor drive, what does he have, there's a hundred photographs of this car. This is an amazing car, and the auction has been going. It's already over 100000 bucks. It's going to be real interesting to see what this rare car, single-digit serial number GT500 with a single-digit Shelby Registry CSM number, matching numbers, both number eight, the car has 41 miles on it. I hope you guys go visit autohunter.com because if nothing else, you will find a really fun website where people are auctioning off their cars. I put a reserve on my car just in case World War III starts and my car doesn't sell and I'm not going to lose money. I, you know, I, I'm not going to make that mistake. So I put a reserve, but you don't have to. Some cars are on there without a reserve. And if you want to roll the dice and take a chance, and at that last couple of minutes, it just starts going crazy, and you can sit and watch that and go, holy mackerel, look at that. Either that or maybe you'll sell it for a little less than you want to. You don't know what's going to happen when it comes to an auction. Auctions to me are absolutely, they're, they're fantastic. They're fun. Now go to autohunter.com. And if you want to sell your car, like, oh, there's 30,000 other cars listed for sale, classiccars.com. That's where you just listed. It's a classified. All right. That's it for me. I'm going to go check and see what my car's selling for right now. It'll go off on Tuesday. Be there. See you then. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.